Hello beautiful people and can you hear and feel the change in the air? Can you hear the nature spirits singing and can you hear in my own energy that I am feeling better? So I want to thank you all for all of your love and support and all the messages that came through on emails and all the things um, and your patience. Uh, obviously I had last week off doing a podcast I had gave myself one more week of deep rest which has been so beautiful and I turned a corner on Thursday and I'm feeling so good I had my first day back at f45 this morning and lifted them weights boo um, and that was good so I got through got a bit of a sweat up and I'm so excited to be jumping in here before I do the the, the work drop off with my 15 near 16 year old daughter she starts soon so I'm like I'm just jumping in for a potty I can't go over an hour so you will be at work on time <laughs> I've got a protein shake here I've got my email because you know I like to uh, come at you at the beginning of the week often uh, with this week's energies and with what's coming up and there's just so much been going on obviously since I've spoken to you and since I've jumped on my potty We've had that incredible full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which was super potent and ending a lot of things. But the thing is, is that often the day of, right, like sometimes the day of the eclipse or the day of the great conjunctions, everything's normal. You know, you're just laying on a beach in Thailand or you're fucking grocery shopping in Woolworths. I mean, astrology isn't like a lightning coming down to change your life the day and the moment to the exact degree that something happens it's actually often in the application, so which means that when the planets are building, you know, the build, and as you probably felt, and if you didn't, maybe you're not alive or maybe you're very good at bypassing, um, but that two-week portal was the build. We went from the new moon solar eclipse on the 1st of May in Taurus to the full moon lunar eclipse um, on the 16th of May in Scorpio. So that entire time was like a fucking pressure cooker. Okay, so that is where we talk about that two weeks in particular being full-blown in the eclipse sandwich. It's the wormhole. It's the portal. It's the dimension hopping where quantum traveling, time is warped. Things are weird. It feels like some days are one week long. You know, it feels like one week is six weeks long. And I actually had to pinch myself when it felt like I'd had COVID for months and that I'd got nothing done in my life. Like I was just like, hands up in the air. I've fucked up my gear. Nothing's been done. And then I went back and I went, oh, it's only been 10 days. Like 10 days with COVID and having a birthday in the eclipse wormhole. It's a big time. Let me tell you, it is a big time. I have come out being squeezed through the eye of that motherfucking needle and I'm out the other side. But the thing is, is that that two week portal is intense. It's a culmination. It is a building. And now it's like the pop of the lunar eclipse, which again, you could have felt the two days before, two days after. But the thing is, is that from that lunar eclipse right through until the 30th of June. Oh, sorry. Yes. See, I'm time traveling here. Um, May which is on Monday here um, and this is the new moon Gemini the rebirth you know we're going to start to feel aligned again okay so until then from the 16th through to the 30th we've been in the wane in the purge the moon gets small grows smaller and smaller and smaller as she comes to meet the sun again and that is when she is dark so we're feeling the big release 
So ultimately in a waning moon, especially a waning eclipse Scorpio aftermath, you know, it's been very fuck destructive, but powerful, but aligning, but tiring, but exciting, but exhausting, but clearing, but releasing, but cleaning. We're scrubbing our souls clean, darlings. That's what we're doing. And it couldn't be more potent on a Scorpio lunar eclipse, right? The scrubbing of our own souls, the scrubbing of our own wounds, the south node in Scorpio, which hasn't been here for near 20 years, asking us, what are you really letting go of? And if you're not going to let it go, we're going to, we're going to bring it up. We're going to fucking bubble it up. Now, I want to couple that with some other very watery action in the skies, and that is Black Moon Lilith in, in the sign of Cancer, um, which is this homecoming, this deep ravenous mother line stuff, you know, the suppressed nurturer, the suppressed mother, the suppressed daughter, the suppressed sister, the suppressed wife, you know, that dark feminine, and especially if she's suppressed in your life, you know, Cancer holds this magic because she's like the breast of Mother Nature. So when we look at Taurus, Taurus is fixed earth. You cannot get any more Pachamama than fixed earth Taurus Gaia divine. Okay. But Cancer is her counterpart. She is the divine nurturer on a, on, on a level. So she is the, the breast that gives life. And to have this raging inferno within and it might not be raging you know a very healthy Lilith is a very balanced Lilith and a Lilith who rises above the deep scorned revengeful anger that she's willing to penetrate and fucking annihilate right so the thing is is that when you've done a lot of work with Lilith and you are sovereign to yourself and you've healed a lot of your wounds be it masculine feminine whatever we rise above and we've got this very healthy aligned Lilith, okay? Now, she's in Cancer, so this this nurturer, the mother. And lo and behold, Ceres, our largest asteroid, she is also in the sign of Cancer. And right now as I'm speaking, it's the 24th of May. Um, Mars is just about to pop into Aries tomorrow, so hopefully you're already feeling that ignited fire. But... Ceres and Lilith are quite close together, okay? So there's something very deep going on. Now, this past weekend, um, you know, was such a purging weekend. You know, I was clearing out, you know, tops of cupboards, tops of pantries, chucking things out. I got rid of like six, seven bags to donation bins, stuff ready for my kids' my, my kids' school fate. Um, my youngest daughter has her fate, so I've got some brick bracks and, you know, books and things like that. Um, but I cleared out so much. And we know that a literal clearing is very much like a metaphorical clearing. So with Lilith and Ceres both being in this very mother line, can, you know, cancer energy, you know, the shell, the crab, the protector, Okay, the divine, you know, the divine mother, yeah? It's, it's what's bubbling up, especially because, remember, Scorpio, South Node, Water Sign, we've had all of the stuff in Pisces, 
Mars is just about to flick out. So there's been so much water. And what is water? Water is the mother, the mother's milk, right? So we've been feeling the emotions. And yes, there's been a collective grief, maybe an individual grief. Some people are grieving for like a life that's now been lost, okay? Like grieving something that they may never ever grasp again. They're having to give up things, give up, uh, you know, old stories, which not a lot of people want to do. Everyone wants to heal. Everyone wants to move forward. But really, you know, what's a wound without the story that you attach to it? That is a Chiron lesson. Okay, Chiron's in Aries right now. But with all of this water around, it is, it's, it's stirring up and wanting to flush us out. Okay, and so with Lilith, our, our dark feminine, but our true feminine, let's be honest, you know, to understand Lilith as well, you must have a very strong relationship with the, with the moon and with the sun. I mean, your moon and your sun, darlings. Okay, like what is their relationship? You know, like my sun and moon are actually making a beautiful um, sextile. So they're in this beautiful harmonious relationship. And then I've got my very powerful sovereign fucking autonomous, I will not do what you tell me to do and not in a revengeful, you know, there's this very like uh, weird chip on the shoulder, uh, ego side of this spiritual, like I'm not doing what you tell me to do because I'm standing up for myself, but it's coming from anger. But when it's coming from sovereign knowing, it doesn't come from anger. And that's what I'm talking about with a healthy Lilith. To have a healthy Lilith, I think you must have a healthy Mars. You know, we must understand our inner masculine, our inner rage, because she herself is this dark. She is a part of us that is hidden. But the moon, darlings, is always dark. Okay. And that's why it's very interesting to understand your own moon sign and then your Lilith. But now we have Lilith in the sky at the moment in Cancer, another water sign. And of course, the sign that rules the moon, Cancer rules the moon. So if you're like me and have a Cancer moon, you will be feeling this. And especially with Ceres in Cancer now. So Ceres is this largest asteroid who um, ultimately is the great mother, the earth mother. She represents womanhood, love, nurturing, nourishing, feeding, sacrifice, grief, fertility, family, clan. Yeah. She, she's all about the harvest and the seasons. She's about control and possession. And, you know, she is this, she can be nurturing, but she can be angry. You know, we're looking at when it comes to Ceres, the mother archetype, the mother asteroid, we're looking at, um, you know, these unconscious imprints between the mother and the child. And with Lilith also, they're amplifying maybe, you know, old shadowy wounds with the mother or, you know, or the deep feminine within or the dark Madonna, like whatever that is for you, the black Madonna, right? Kali energy, Pele energy, you know, pick a goddess, darlings, go with her, you know, Frigg, Medusa, <laughs> you know, the, the dark feminine is there for a reason. And we all have her within us, even men, even if you're a man and you're listening to this, you know, your Lilith shows maybe the women that you attract, and their dark sides and what you're not acknowledging. Fuck, it could have something to do with your relationship with your mother. What's your moon sign? So if you're like me and have a water moon and you have a water Lilith, um, I have my Lilith in Scorpio. Like I said, she's sovereign. She's in my first house. And 
I stand autonomous and sovereign, not out of spite and not because you can't tell me to do something and I'm going to do it to prove. I don't need to prove anything. And that's a very different space to come from. You know, there's this thing like, oh, if someone tells you you can't do it, you're going to do it anyway to prove them wrong. Eh, I mean, my God, I've never felt that in my entire life. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. It's just not been the way that I've lived my life. Okay. So, and that has a lot to do with my entire chart, but I do have a very strong Lilith, um, you know, in my chart, my, my, both my mean and my um, true Lilith are both in, in Scorpio, which shows a very strong archetype in my first house, making aspects to my Taurus stellium. So, you know, plus I've got Pluto in my first house. So, you know, like it, it, I don't need to prove anything. My living is it, <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. It's, you know, I'm laughing here with a slight jerk of irreverence because it's just like eh, you know this is just how I've always been darlings you know but um I know for some their reclamation of Lilith and their reclamation of understanding their Lilith comes through time comes through a lot of processes comes from even the discovery of her in our chart you know I've found that clients once they discover Lilith they're like oh my god like this answers so many things where we suppress where we deny right so 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 for some, it's just an automated, you know, way of being. And for others, it's a reclamation. Either way, it's perfect because it's your journey here. And all of our journeys are absolutely perfect, right? So the fact that Ceres and and um, and and Lilith are together in that this, this sign of cancer, you know, what I witnessed with myself over this past weekend, as I was saying, this great purge, you know, I feel like I am attached to absolutely motherfucking nothing. Like, I think I've said several times, you know, I could burn it all to the fucking ground. Like it does not, it's not even touching the sides right now. I mean, I know that's a bit dramatic, but hello, I do have Pluto square moon. I can be very ruthless. And, you know, this is, this is the time of just burning everything to the fucking ground. And this Scorpio South node is showing us that. So the fact that this Scorpio uh, full moon lunar eclipse has, has just peaked, we're now in the aftermath. And, you know, what's what's coming up is so much stuff from the past, you know, family stuff, mothering stuff. Gosh, I was bawling my eyes out all day Sunday over my grandparents. You know, I'd never had a strong bond with my grandparents. But what is this Cancerian archetype doing with Ceres and Lilith, bringing it all up? It wants to be transmuted and healed. So if you are going through some really deep revelations, maybe some deep trauma, some deep discoveries right now, know that you're doing absolutely everything right. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing's happening to you. The universe isn't punishing you. What we're doing is we're healing karmic lines. We're healing our ancestral stories. But that has to start within our own waters. And that is what's so interesting about this series Um Lilith conjunction that we're having having now, like I said, over these next few days. Um, but Lilith uh, is in Cancer until January of 2023. Okay, so it's a long haul. We've got a really deep, beautiful journey. Like the whole time that Scorpio, uh, that, that the South Node is in Scorpio. So hello, no such thing as a coincidence. You know, you know that the word means two things that fit perfectly together, don't you? My goodness, I discovered that in my late teens. And when people go, oh, it's such a coincidence. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know that that word actually means two things that fit perfectly together? Because that's what a coincidence is. It's not a coincidence like you think like, oh, what a shock. It's like, of course, I expect miracles. This is how I live my life, darling. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, this great urge and this great 
re-emerging of of old family lines, history, the stories, maybe the the wounds, maybe the the greatness. You know what? I looked at my nana. I, I look. There's you know on her little, you know when you go to a funeral and they've just got that little piece of paper with a couple of pictures and maybe a eulogy or a song or whatever written in, right? So my nana was a strong Aries woman born the 9th of April. That's why we always had a connection because I'm the 9th of May and she's the 9th of April. So I always loved our numerology. She was born in 1923. And, and when I turned over on the weekend, you know, I handed it to Joel to go, look how beautiful my nana is. Like, I mean, I've never cried so hard about my grandparents, you know, because I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time with my grandparents. I mean, gosh, I wasn't, I didn't spend a lot of time with family. You know, I was out of home at 15, pregnant at 16. Um, You know, my story is very different to pretty much every single person I've met. Um, But seeing my nana on the back of that and a photograph of her, oh my God, it just, it brought up so much for me. And 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 what she has laid in front of me. She was a she was a mother of ten. <laughs> you know, she had two sons, seven daughters, and then my dad. My dad and she just said, after she had her first two sons, she said, and she is an Aries woman, remember that Aries will get what they want and they will keep going until they do. So after her first two sons, uh, which was my Uncle Jimmy and Uncle Stanley, uh, she was like, I want a son called David. I want a son called David. And she had seven daughters. And then finally, she got her son called David. So for me, there's been such a, there's such a karmic clearing going on and a real clear, clearing of old timelines, old karmic timelines, um, old karmic debts. But the family stuff is strong, darlings. Like it can't not be with all this Cancerian energy. And whilst we might not talk about Ceres or Black Moon Lilith very much, you know, Ceres, th- those four asteroids. Now, if you don't know, I've got this incredible asteroid course on my website with my beautiful friend, Michaela, and it's it's a four-part, you know, there's a there's a fifth part, of course, because it's our little intro, but it's a four-part um, masterclass on all four of these asteroids, uh, which happen to be in between Mars and Jupiter. So, yes, they're asteroids, but some of them nearly were planets and, and you know, because they're quite big. So they actually have such a huge impact. And the, the reclamation of these asteroids is the reclamation of our divine feminine, darlings. So these asteroids are so potent in our chart. Now, you might not have a really strong story around Vesta or Pallas or Juno or, or Ceres, but you're going to have something. Those asteroid goddesses will be in your chart, in a sign, in a house, and that itself is a story. But for some of us, we have extremely strong stories, like my Ceres is exactly conjunct my moon. Okay, you know, my, my black moon Lilith, it's not conjunct anything. If yours is, that's a strong Lilith story. You know, it's, it's, it's talking to a couple of my other Taurus planets, but it's, it's, it's not conjunct anything. So the thing is, is that I have this Ceres, Ceres, um, and moon both in cancer both at 27 degrees so this is a very strong series story now look I you know talk a lot about that on the masterclass but these four asteroids are very prominent and the reclamation of this is what is so powerful at the moment so the fact that we're feeling all of this family stuff bubble up and everything from the underworld bubbling up hello Scorpio south node everything from the past whether it's drama, whether it's trauma, whether it's family, like so much, there is this divine purge, clearing, soul scrubbing, fucking karma that's happening right now that is undeniable. Can I hear a friggin' oh yeah? Like, are you feeling it? 
excuse me while I just have a little protein sip. Let that land, you know, let all of that sink into your bones, into your waters. I'm feeling the stories from my Nana who raised 10 children. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time with them, but the time I did, I remember, you know, my granddad, he was born in 1913, the 18th of December. You know, there's the nine again, one and eight is nine. And he was a Sagi warrior. My Nana was an Aries warrior. Of course, they brought 10 children into the world. You know, and I found his eulogy when I was going through this stuff over the weekend. I've done such enormous clearings of old stuff. And I mean, that's got a lot to do with my house being flooded. You know, downstairs is, you know, it was just, you know, we had to go through a lot of stuff and, and, you know, rearrange some stuff. And, but the weekend for me was just this great big cleaning, clearing purge. And the, the emotions that are coming with everything is it's like, yeah, we're giving up something. We're releasing something on such a deep level. It's so visceral. We can feel it. And even if we can't name it, it's okay. We don't have to name it. We don't have to go, I am releasing my old karma. Like we don't have to name it. I'm using these words because I'm trying to give context. Okay. But to really understand what I went through on the weekend, I mean, you just had to see me. Like I was just this emotional, deep, and there was sadness and grief, but also how proud I am that I am Norma's granddaughter, you know, and what I wouldn't give to tell her that today, you know, and I know she can hear me and I'm emotional again because I, I, I missed out on such a strong connection, even though we did, did have a strong connection, me and my Nana, but you know, she's been gone for 12 years and she was so special and she was a pioneer. And when I seen her photo of her when she was young, like 18 or 19, I just broke down. She was this striking six foot tall fucking goddess warrior pioneer. And I just want to honor you, Nana. I just want to honor you right here on this podcast. Um, I did not plan on crying <laughs> when, whenever do you, but oh my goodness, I'm just so emotional um, because shit, you know, we forget that we're not just clearing ancestral trauma, that we are gaining from our ancestors' wisdom. You know, they stand, they have stood before us and now they stand behind us and we, we are here doing something so special. You know, and I say this with my father, um, you know, my father passed away in 2013 and um, he's six, he would be 60 this year. Um, and I've found a lot of old photos and again, see how the, all of this very familiar, it's all the familiar stuff coming up for me to look at and to heal and to digest and to move through and to release and to clear and to embrace, you know, um, I'm looking through photos of my dad and when he got married and pictures of me and him when I was a baby and, you know, um, just, just knowing that I am his legacy, you know, that he didn't need to leave anything but me. I was his only child and I feel so, so grateful that my dad, who was a very, very eclectic, eccentric, only listened to Triple Z, you know, I grew up with Cypress Hill and uh, the Beastie Boys, 
dead Kennedys, talking heads. Oh my God, talking heads love so much. Um, you know, my dad loved music. He was eclectic. He had an exact sun Uranus conjunction and an exact Jupiter Chiron conjunction. So he had big wounds. He had a big personality. Um, I seen a photo of him when he was 13, (laughs) um, in his year nine class at Cooparoo. And, you know, this weekend has brought so much of the family stuff up and we want to talk to our elders. We're missing that in this society, especially white fucking culture. You know, we're missing it. They go away, they get sent away. Oh, no one wants to talk to them. But when we go deeper into their stories, or even if you're able to tune in, you know, for me, just tuning into my Nana over the weekend was super healing for me. And it's the same with my dad, you know, just going through, I've got one bag of my dad's things and just going through them and just really, you know, touching them and connecting and reading what he's written and seeing photos of him when he was a teenager. You know, he was so stoned in his picture when he was 13. I mean, he had a tattoo at 10 or something. You know, my dad was a real rebel who really never fit in. (laughs) You know, he never fit into this world. And now he's free, you know, which is beautiful. So you're (laughs) experiencing very raw and vulnerable me. And um, ultimately, I'm really you know, displaying the embodiment of astrology right now, you know, my, you know, Lilith being in, in cancer is sort of activating my own Lilith and, um, and so is Ceres. So this deep sense of nurture and home and home lines and deep inner soul stuff. Yeah. So this is what's going on for us. So if this is happening for you, know that, you know, this is happening in the cosmic and it's very, very powerful. I just want to like really declare that, that it's very powerful. Now, just a little side note, as I'm wiping my tears here, I'm just going to take a breath and come back because I've got lots of stuff that I want to share around um, all the fire that's coming in this week, which is exciting, um, is I'm actually going to hold a very powerful container online called The Womb entering Lilith's lair and this is going to be at the end of June if you are interested in this um please email me um or connect with me somehow (laughs) you know there's everything you can connect with me on some level on you know social media Instagram Tiani Talks uh, my Facebook page my website tiani.com.au feel free to email me but I'm going to do a hold a two to three hour online portal um where we unpack some of what I've shared but of course you know look at it maybe in our own charts um you know it's not going to just be an astrology session I want it to be experiential and embodied and for us to sort of navigate through Lilith's very deep homecoming in Cancer but also Ceres will still be in Cancer as well so really activating this inner womb of our own so so um yeah my this 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 awesome Thing that I've curated I've got like a heap of words and notes already for it so it's called the womb entering Lilith's lair so yeah there might be screaming <laughs> there might be fucking burning down there might be who knows whatever will come up for you uh we will be able to of course do it in the privacy of our own homes and um yeah anyway connect with me if that's something that you feel like you would like to uncover discover rediscover um reignite whatever you know lands for you so that is you know, my very, you know, deep spiel on what's very present and real for me right now and what is very 
activated in the sky. Now, the thing is, is that what is exciting is that the water is beginning to recede, darlings. It's beginning to recede, thank the fucking Lord. And now we have the fire. Okay. So we know that Jupiter's moved into Aries, you know, and this is so exciting. Mars now moves into Aries on the 25th and he has not been here since 2020. Okay. So in 2020, he spent a long time. So often, so what happens is Mars retrogrades only every two years. Okay. So a Mars retrograde is much more important than a Mercury retrograde. Okay. And then a Venus retrograde is the next most important retrograde. Okay. Because they're the rarest retrogrades. Mercury retrogrades three to four times a year. And then all of the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, they all retrograde every single year and Chiron uh, for four to five months. Okay. So the rarest retrogrades, of course, that we need to pay attention to is Mars and Venus. Okay. So Mars only every two years, Venus around every 18 months. So Mars back in 2020 moved into Aries and stayed there for six months. So what usually Mars usually moves into a sign, spends six weeks there around about, and then he moves out of that sign. But when he retrogrades, he spends six months there. Okay. So we're about to have a big Mars retrograde this year um, in the sign of Gemini, very different to his air sign, but sort of, you know, fun too, very cerebral. Um, Lots of activity is going to be going on. Um, But Mars moves into Aries on the 25th um, and he will be there until the 5th of July. So this is going to give us that momentum and that energy and that drive and that initiation that we've been really fucking craving. And realistically, as I've said this whole year, this year does has really felt like two halves. We've got Jupiter and Neptune and Jupiter and Aries and then everything else that comes with that astrologically. Okay, Jupiter and Neptune, it's been nothing but floods and crying and tears and you know, catharticism and fucking deep shit. And I mean, it's still going to continue to be that this year, darlings. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's still going to continue to be that sort of energy. However, we're going to have this beautiful fire. Okay. And Mars is at home in Aries. That's his domicile. That is where he works and functions at his optimum. Okay. So this is great. You know, this is going to give us, you know, this, we're going to, we're going to feel injected with energy and want to take action, you know, and again, it depends on your own chart and what's happening in your own chart. I'm really just giving this collective overview, okay? So the cool thing is, is that on the 25th, uh, the moon just happens to be at 00 Aries as well. So the moon has moved into 00 Aries and then Mars follows not long after. So that's actually, you know, that's a a kapow moment. Now, I want to say when there was a very strong Aries ingress years ago, um, my youngest daughter was only in kindy or preschool or whatever you call it, the year before prep. That's the only thing she went to because I love staying at home with my kids. Um, So, yeah, so she was in preschool, you know, whatever you go to before you start school. Um, And she's got an Aries ascendant and all of this stuff had happened. I can't remember. It was a lot. It was probably Mars and Aries, the moon and Aries, fucking blah, blah, blah. It was Aries season. It was all the things, right? Anyway, she's actually put her hand, her thumb, on a boiling hot hot plate so it was just like third degree burn straight away straight to the doctor she had to have it dressed she couldn't obviously go to her preschool because of sand and, and dirt and stuff like that she was so brave like my youngest daughter is a saggy stellium so she's a saggy warrior with an aries rising so probably one of the bravest humans i i know and has the courage she, her courage is just phenomenal 
she didn't even cry and she said sorry you know because they think they're in trouble she's like sorry I'm like oh my god so I was an absolute mess someone had to come and take my other daughters to school I was like oh my god this is just not good but it was all hitting her ascendant like all of this stuff so I just want to say on the 25th and that's here in uh, Queensland um, I think it's around 9.30 or something like that a.m. in the morning. Just be mindful of what you're doing because when the moon and Mars both move into Aries together, it could be when you accidentally cut yourself when you're cutting up an apple or, you know, or you can accidentally reverse your car into someone because, you know, it's it's quick, it's fast movement. Okay, so I just want to, you know, give that. It's not, I mean, nothing might happen and that's cool too, but hopefully you feel an injection of energy. So I'm actually going to be at the gym, you know, moving my body and, you know, Spelling the energy as Mars and and the Moon are in Aries, which I'm excited about. So we're going to enjoy this six weeks of energy. Now on the 29th and sort of 29th, 30th, 31st, Mars hits Jupiter. So this is so dynamic. Like this is like fireworks. This is so exciting, you know. So Mars, Mister Warrior, taking action is then hitting hitting Jupiter, Mister Expansion, Mister Abundance. So all of a sudden. This energy that we have is going to get bigger. It's going to get bolder. It's going to get wilder. And this is awesome because, again, it's going to seed something new. I'm calling it the circuit breaker. Okay, Mars and Jupiter coming together is the circuit breaker. It's going to break up some of these sort of, you know, like, let's be honest, you know, this year has been very not stop start in a shutdown sort of way. I mean, but, you know, just when things are sort of flowing, maybe you get sick or someone else does or just it just seems that there's just this like debilitated energy is what I said to my accountant today. Um, I was saying to her that it feels like, you know, when you get a handicap at, at um, golf. Now, I know nothing about golf, so I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it feels like does a handicap give you extra shots so you're starting above or below what it's meant to be? Anyway, everything feels under par, if that makes sense. You know, like it's just like, oh, then this happened. Oh, then I hurt my shoulder. Oh, then I got COVID. Oh, then I did this, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's bad. There's no such thing as bad. Like this isn't bad. I'm not, you know, I'm not painting this as a bad year. It's absolutely not a bad year. It's a year like I've said, the word is surrender. The deepest surrender that we've ever had, we've got to keep giving up the control and giving up the desire and the need for things to be exactly the way we want them to be. So the deep surrender comes when we've got to, oh, now I'm changing directions. Oh, now I wanted to work and I can't work because the kids are sick. Oh, now I was just getting into the flow of the gym and I got COVID. Oh, now I was eating healthy and now I'm eating takeaway. Oh, normal shit, my friends. You know, normal shit. It's not worth suppressing it. It's just worth releasing it, right? So, and then surrendering to it. So the thing is, is that this is awesome that Mars and Jupiter come together. But interestingly enough, um, the last time this happened, um, where Mars and Jupiter hit in Aries was 2011. And the day that that happened, Osama bin Laden was killed. So very interesting also back in 2011, when Jupiter was in Aries, we've seen the Japanese earthquake and tsunami. Um, Australia had those bushfires, the cyclones and floods. So Jupiter in Aries is a huge time and Mars is really going to activate that. Okay. Um, and, but I'm seeing it as this circuit breaker, this new like seeded cycle, you know, this new cycle of, um, movement, action, change, new possibilities, uh, optimism, growth, positivity, 
Yeah. So we can infuse ourselves with that or not. Now, the thing is, is that Jupiter expands whatever he touches. Now, if you're really angry or aggressive or holding on to a lot of stuff, Mars is the planet of war and anger, my friends. I mean, look, Osama bin Laden was killed the day that Jupiter and Mars hit each other, 2011. That's a fact. So we can see in what's called mundane astrology, in world events, how these things play out. So maybe for you in your chart, look, it's not really doing something. It might give you a little bit of an energy or you might get a creative idea. Or you might go to the gym or you might fucking blow your top and lose your mind at fucking a stranger or because you got a red light or something, right? Like it's all up to you, darlings. The planets never do anything to or even for us. They just exist, <laughs> you know, like that's the thing. It's like that tree's not doing anything for me, but it's existing. How do I interact with the tree? How do I embody her message? I mean, and I always say this because I'm looking at my beautiful big leopard tree in my front yard every time I podcast. I sit in my cupboard and I open my window and I look at her and she is very healing. So it's how do you interact with the cosmic? How do you interact with the planets? How do you interact with your own chart? That's the difference. So nothing's happening. The planets don't do anything. But how interesting is that when things are uncovered and we have these sorts of conjunctions, well, look, <laughs> look what happens. 2011 was the last time Jupiter was in Aries. And I think it was a bit of 2020, um, a bit of 2010 and a bit of 2011 because of the retrograde. Um, but here we are, you know, I, I went and Googled like, well, what was going on in 2011? When was the last time Mars hit Jupiter in Aries? And that was 2011. And on the day that that happened, it was Osama bin Laden being killed. I mean, you can't make this fucking shit up, right? But also all of the stuff that happened in Australia. I mean, we're all, even though Jupiter has been in Pisces, you know, we're seeing, see how astrology is cycles upon cycles upon cycles upon cycles. It's same, same, but different. Same, same, but different loves. Okay. So really interestingly enough though, Mars and Jupiter connect every two years in the next sign that, um, you know, because Jupiter will spend one year in a sign. And then Mars, as I said before, he takes two, well, I, oh, I, I probably didn't say it. I just said that he retrogrades every two years, but that's because he takes two years pretty much to go through the whole zodiac. Okay. So ultimately, Mars will come back and hit Jupiter when Jupiter's moved on. Now, interestingly enough, because, you know, I'm a time traveler and I'm already, you know, mapping out 2023 in my energy survival kit, which is fucking glorious, going glorious, let me tell you. But, um, but <coughs> the next time Mars and Jupiter actually hit, it's in 2024 and it's in Gemini. So that, so it skips Taurus, which I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm like, come on. We, 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 I mean, Mars is in his detriment in Taurus. I know that because I have that in my chart, but I love Mars in Taurus. He's tenacious. He gets shit done. He wants inner stability and inner peace, but yes, he's stubborn. He's stubborn as motherfuck. Um, and, um, but Jupiter in Taurus is so delicious. And next year in 2023, we get a whole year of Jupiter in Taurus. He doesn't actually move back and retrograde. So at the moment, we've been having these sort of two halves, like in a sign for a few months, then, you know, then flicks over to the next sign, then retrogrades back to the other sign. And, and we've been doing this dance for a little while. But um, come May of 2023, Jupiter enters Taurus and stays there for the whole year up until 2024. And it's only when Jupiter moves into Gemini and then Mars is in Gemini that we have the next Mars-Jupiter conjunction. So it's very much like a two-year cycle. And, you know, it's it's a really, you know, interesting electric dynamic conjunction. And like I said, for me, it's a circuit breaker. That's what I'm naming it. Feel free to go with that. Now, last but not least, because I do have to go shortly to drop this girl off to work, 
is the next wonderful thing that's happening this week is Venus moves into her home sign. So all of a sudden we've got these two inner planets, Mars and Venus are both our inner planets. So we experience them daily. Okay. Mars, action, drive, sex, anger, movement. Venus, love, harmony, money, sex as well in a different way. Pleasure, hedonism, food, you know, music, loving life. Mars is at home in Aries and Taurus, um, Venus is at home in Taurus. So for all of you fellow Venus and Taurus natives out there, happy Venus return. You're going to have your Venus return and it's the same for the Mars. Um, if your Mars is in Aries, you'll be having your Mars return, which is the beginning of a new two-year cycle for you. Just like for us Venus in Taurus people, it's the beginning of an 18-month new cycle for us. So ultimately to have both the lovers, you know, I call them the lover pants planets because they are, it's sort of sex and love, relationships, fucking, fighting, all the things. Um, and they both move into their home signs. I mean, come on, this is just too fucking cute. It's just like a little baby. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so adorable. Mm. I'm trying not to like slobber my snot from my crying before. <coughs> Excuse me. That was really... A really sexy comment. Um, so Venus moves into Taurus May the 29th through till June the 23rd. Okay, so she's at she's at home. She's happy as a pig in shit. This is about pleasure, making love. You know, you know your senses. I don't know about any other. I've got a strong, as you all know, because I always talk about it. I've got a strong Venus chart, um, Venus chart, but Taurus chart, Mars, Chiron, my son, and Venus all in Taurus. And for me, I can't drive with shoes on. I'm an extremely tactile person. Like I can't drive with shoes on. I need to be touching things. You know, people that go to the gym and work out with gloves. No, because I can't feel. I can't feel it on my skin. So Taurus is a very sensual, but very like physical, you know, and it is a very physical sign, just like Aries. So Mars in Aries and Taurus and, and Venus in Taurus, I mean, your sex life is about to go fucking wild because Mars in Aries likes to fuck or fight, but just it's it's a very physical act for them. But then Venus in Taurus, it's the it's the physical yes because we want to activate those five senses. We want to smell the flowers. We want to touch your body. You know, we want to hear the music. We want to see something beautiful. You know, we want to feel loved. We want to feel those things. So it's very erotic. It's all about pleasure. So Venus in, in Taurus is this erotic pleasure. And then Mars in Aries is like, let's just like do it and release some energy because that's often what it is. And Aries, strong Aries archetype is that they've got a lot of energy, so they need to release it. So it might not be sensual like a, like a, like a Taurus energy well it won't be because it's much more about like let's just do this you know um but having them both together and I mean a few people have messaged me and they've gone I am a Mars in Aries and Venus in Taurus native and I'm like yay I mean you're getting your your double return all at once which is just delicious so this for me is such a beautiful transit such a beautiful time like I said we've got Venus in Taurus from the 29th of May to June the 23rd and Mars in Aries from May the 25th till July the 5th. So, so um, yeah, when Venus moves into Gemini, she'll be, you know, there'll be this, you know, lovely little dance 
uh, with Mars still in Aries for a little bit longer, um, just 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 on an energetic level, not on an aspect level, because they'll be too wide apart. But you know it, that where there's more dynamic sort of talking and things like that, and we're going to get ready because Mars is about to do a very big retrograde and spend six to seven months in the sign of Gemini. <laughs> so um, I hope everyone's like jawseps are working. Um, everyone's working their jawseps. Um, yes, yeah, so enjoy Venus in Taurus, darlings. You know things about this for me is you know tending to your relationships you know being super grounded and practical you know it's self-care level extreme <laughs> you know it's extreme self-care I mean Taurus invite in literally invented Netflix and chill we want to have sex watch watch tv and eat food like that's what we want to do like that era you know often if you're a strong Taurus native they're your three favorite things to do is fuck watch tv and um, eat. <laughs> and no, we're not above watching TV because we're spiritual darlings. We can watch fucking TV. God, that one's so boring. Are we all over that one yet? Um, so bathing in mother nature as well, right? Like being with the earth, being on the earth. I really feel like I'm going to do a lot of rolling around on my grass. I just really can feel that because, you know, it's been so wet um, you know, I've been a bit cooped up inside with COVID for a couple of weeks. So I'm, you know, I can see blue skies at the moment and the afternoon sun peering beautifully on my leopard tree right now, glistening. And, um, and yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, my, that grass, when it dries out, I am on you, baby. I am on you. Um, and also, you know, we've got to remember that, Ve uh, that Venus in Taurus too is money. You know, where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your time? Like for me, time is the most valuable resource bar none. So what are you spending your time on? Okay. Because this is a time to reevaluate that. Like what's important? What is worth your time? Taurus energy is very much around core values and self-worth. Like what's worth it? is it worth it for me? You know, you hear a lot of that, you know, stuff from a strong Taurus native, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, that's not worth it. You know, I'm not doing that because that's not worth it. It's not worth my time. You know, I'm not going to sit through a shitty movie. I'm not going to go and have a shitty conversation with someone to keep the peace. You know, if it's not worth my valuable time that I will never, ever, ever regain back, I don't do it. You know, money, you know, what's worth your money? The thing is, is that you can always earn money back. We blow money sometimes, you know, we do, we waste it. We can be frivolous with it. I get that. But the thing is, is that we always earn more money. We can never earn more time. And yes, we quantum leap and time travel, darlings. Don't worry about that. I do all of that regularly. But the thing is, is that in the 3D realm, the time that we have here, you know, is precious. It is precious. It's the one thing that we all have in common is our time and how precious it is. So you might want to reevaluate your relationships, reevaluate, are you giving your time to people that aren't reciprocating that? Um, reevaluate your own intimate relationship, your marriage. Of course, you want to check out those Aries and Taurus houses because they're going to be lit the fuck up with uh, Mars and Venus. And of course, Venus moving into Taurus is joining Uranus in Taurus, is joining the North Node in Taurus. And as we speak right now, uh, Mercury is still retrograde in Taurus. So we'll be joining Mercury retrograde in Taurus as well. So there's a lot of this inner resources, autonomy, you know, practical, grounded, earthy, sensual, pleasurable, yummy, juicy, delicious energy around. So I'm going to leave you with that because that's just my favorite thing. And just know, you can know there is, there is change in the air, darlings. We can feel it. It's like, I can feel my fingertips fucking like vibrating, like they're tingling at this, you know, and I'm not a huge Aries, Aries, like that's not my go. But after drowning in the fucking Pisces water for so long, I am keen to 
get Jupiter in Aries and Mars in Aries inside of me. <laughs> like get in me now. Get this fire in me. Let this fire burn off the dross. Burn off the emotional dross. Fire transforms. Fire is the rebirth. So everything that we've got, been going through that's so emotional, that's so deep, healing, purging, grief, the letting go, maybe it's that you've lost a house or you've, you know, or lost a loved one or whatever that is, the fire brings the rebirth, the fire brings the reform, the fire transforms, she dries out, she heals, she renews, you know, we watch a bushfire go through the forest and then it's everything so blackened and then all of a sudden this incredible, incredible bright green new sprout, you know, we see it and it's like fluorescent because the new is available to us and that's what's so exciting. So I want to say that the new is available to us and we want to take that and run with it because like I said, this is happening in the skies and what you do with it and how you activate it and how you embody it is up to you. That's the thing. So enjoy Mars and Aries, enjoy the Mars-Jupiter conjunction, let that set and circuit break, enjoy Venus in Taurus, get back into lux, pleasure, love, sex, joy, magic, music, art, good wine, good food, good fucking, and life is good, life is good. I'm a very happy chappy moving into this, moving into this week, I'm just like, yes, change is here. Okay, darlings, happy Tuesday, Mwah. bye.